Good evening, Patriots. I'm Praying Medic, and this is my nightly news broadcast. Normally, I come to you live from CloudHub channel 115. Uh, CloudHub is temporarily experiencing some hosting issues with its platform, so I'm just doing uh, a non-live broadcast for right now. I will be back on CloudHub channel 115 live very shortly. I've talked to the CEO of CloudHub, and he is confident that they'll have things squared away here pretty soon. For now, you can find my broadcasts on either Rumble or on prayingmedic.com. Just go to the blog section, that's prayingmedic.com forward slash blog. And all my broadcasts are there. They're also available on Podbean. They're still available on uh, Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts. And believe it or not, we have uh, our podcast on <laughs> iHeartRadio. Uh, all of those are an audio version, and Apple Podcasts, you can get the videos. All right. Got a little bit of news to catch up with, mostly election news. I am sorry I didn't have a broadcast last night. I was uh, indisposed, had some business to take care of. Apologize for missing out. Uh, but here I am. I'll get you caught up on everything you missed yesterday and today. And for those of you who are not aware, uh, I'm an author. By trade, that is what I mostly do to, to earn a living. I write books. This is my 15th book, The Great Awakening. It is uh, a book that covers the posts of Q, the military intelligence cider, who has been posting online for about three years. Uh, this book gives a, a pretty in-depth look at some of the subjects Q has covered, including the Rothschilds family. Uh, we also look at corruption in the Vatican. We look at, uh, have an interesting look at Freemasonry and secret societies. Uh, there's also a, a glossary in the back of the book that has over 600 terms, abbreviations, acronyms, agencies, things that you may not be familiar with that Q's discusses. Right now, uh, The Great Awakening is available on Barnes & Noble online. Now, if you go to a Barnes & Noble, a store, you could probably order it, but Easiest way to get it right now is through Barnes & Noble online. I have been notified by Amazon that the title is no longer available. They're taking it off of their platform. And I'm not going to get into why they're doing that at this point, other than to say that they've notified me that they're removing it from the platform. So right now it's available through Barnes & Noble. All right, in election news, uh, this was tweeted out yesterday courtesy of uh, the Bias News, and the source was NBC Los Angeles. Two men have been charged in a 41-count criminal complaint after they allegedly submitted thousands of fraudulent voter registration applications on behalf of homeless people. And I think a lot of those applications actually went to Nevada. I think we're going to be hearing more about that in the future. Speaking of Nevada, the Nevada Electoral College, um, several of the candidates who are pledged to Donald Trump have filed an election contest citing irregularities, improprieties, and fraud in the election that may have affected as many as 40,000 votes. That was actually posted on DonaldJTrump.com website last night. So I'm not exactly sure what that means as far as Nevada. There, there are a lot of challenges, there are lawsuits, and something I'd like to point out. Um, the president is using a number of strategies in order to straighten out this election. One of them is uh, there, there are a lot of lawsuits being filed. There, look, there are thousands of people around the country who are 
um, aware of fraud and irregularities. And there are a lot of private individuals who are filing lawsuits with local courts. In addition to the president's legal team, there are many, many other lawsuits going on around the country in various states that people don't know about. And this is just one of them. This is a I said it's it is uh, candidates for the Electoral College and they're filing uh, agreements there. So I'll try to keep you up on all of these things as they as they break. Yesterday, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled that Philadelphia did not violate the law by restricting poll observers. Uh, and not too surprising, Pennsylvania State Court, uh, State Supreme Court is the same court that extended by three days the time allowed to receive ballots, which was in contravention to the date that was set by the legislature. Pennsylvania Supreme Court has got a lot of problems. This will go to the Supreme to the U.S. Supreme Court and it'll likely be overturned or uh, I'm sure the Supreme Court will not have very nice words to say to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. So nothing to panic about over there. That's kind of what we expected. Speaking of Pennsylvania, the Trump campaign filed a new lawsuit in Pennsylvania. Uh, their legal team is going to argue that some Pennsylvania counties allowed voters to amend ballots that were flawed while other counties did not. And uh, they are going to argue that that resulted in a violation of the right of due process and equal protection. Just one of many lawsuits that are pending right now. In Arizona, uh, the real A-Rod, 1984, had an interesting post last night on Twitter. And he did this, it's just a short thread. It's got some observations here. And this is drawn from data that was taken from the New York Times uh, database as vote tallies were coming in and they were being reported. And this is what he noticed. Um, Arizona, in the state of Arizona, they counted 2.3 million votes in 10 minutes after the polls closed at eight o'clock local time. <laughs> now, they counted 2.3 million votes in 10 minutes and it took two weeks to count the remainder of the votes. So that is one question. Why were they able to count 2.3 million votes in 10 minutes? And why did it take two weeks to count the rest of the votes? And then there's another question. Why did Arizona stop counting votes for an hour and 15 minutes on election night? And this is the, uh, the, his findings here. Um, he noted that, and you can actually see it in this uh, spreadsheet here, in this green section of the spreadsheet, you can see vote tallies over here coming in. And in this time period, uh, in this 10 minute time block, 2.3 million votes came in and were tallied in 10 minutes, right? And then this section here, this purple section, is a section of an hour and 15 minutes where the vote tallies were paused. This was around, I think it was between like 9.45 and 10.50 in the evening, they just paused the counting for no apparent reason. So those are some interesting uh, <laughs> data points to look at. I'm not sure what they mean, but I think we're gonna get to the bottom of this at some point. Uh, moving on to Wisconsin, the Trump campaign has transferred $3 million to file for vote recounts in Milwaukee County and Dane County. Uh, Milwaukee County obviously is where Milwaukee is, Dane County is uh, Madison. Those are the two largest counties. And they're gonna go after uh, any, hopefully root out any election fraud there. And in Michigan, 
So last night, there was a bit of uh, controversy in Michigan. This is tweeted out by the election wizard. He actually got retweeted by the president. Uh, the total number of ballots cast in Wayne County, this is where Detroit is, right? total number of ballots cast was 863,000. Without Wayne County, Biden's lead in Michigan would flip to a 170,000 vote lead for Trump that would overcome the current margin. So yes, certifying Wayne County is a big deal. State of Michigan will now have to attempt to certify the entire vote. So after initially coming to a two to two tie and being unable to certify the vote in Wayne County last night, the canvassing board finally decided to certify the vote, but that was after a lot of harassment, intimidation, and threats of two of the Republican members of the canvassing board. Uh, there's allegations that they were doxxed and so eventually they caved in and they agreed to uh, certify the vote. However, they did ask for an audit. And it looks like in Michigan, there's I think 40 state legislators sent a letter to the Secretary of State demanding a full audit. So we'll have to see what happens in Michigan. I believe it will eventually be audited. Moving to Georgia, uh, a third county in Georgia has been found out that they miscounted their votes. Lori Wood, who is a chairwoman of the Board of Election, in that county said there were, the precinct had two scanners. One of them got uploaded and another one didn't. There's a lot of electronic uh, mistakes um, and errors and probably some intentional uh, tomfoolery going on because a lot of these machines that tabulate votes, you end up having to transfer the data to a flash drive. And the flash drives are, you have to put them in a computer and you have to uh, store them and then upload the, the data and some places the data didn't get uploaded. So again, uh, some shenanigans going on in Georgia. David Schaefer, chairman of the Georgia Republican Party, reported on an error found in the state's recount. One of our monitors discovered a 9,626 vote error in DeKalb County during the recount. One batch of votes was labeled 10,707 votes for Biden, 13 votes for Trump. Uh, in fact, the actual batch was 1,081 for Biden and 13 for Trump. So they missed by about 1,000 votes, or, sorry, 10,000 votes. And that was caught, and he has uh, filed a notification with the Secretary of State. Also in Georgia, Ivan Pechikov uh, posted a Twitter thread with sworn affidavits from Georgia recount workers. This is very interesting. I, I, I was reading these and I was kind of stunned at what, these, what the recount workers are reporting. So um, this worker here said, there were no markings on the ballots to show where they had come from or where they had been processed. These ballots stood out. In my 20 years experience of handling ballots, I observed that the markings for the candidates on these ballots were unusually uniform, perhaps even with ballot marking device. By my estimate in observing these ballots, approximately 98% constituted votes for Joe Biden. I only observed two of these ballots as vote for Trump. And here is uh, another monitor who is a Democrat. They said this, it was of particular interest to me that hundreds of these ballots seemed impeccable with no folds or creases. The bubble selections were perfectly made, all within the circle, only observed selections in black ink and all happened to be selections for Joe Biden. Here is another Democrat witness during the recount. I watched them pull out a pile of what I observed to be absentee ballots and noticed two very distinct characteristics that these ballots had. 
One, I noticed that they all had perfect black bubble and were all selected for Biden. I was able to observe the perfect bubble for a few minutes before they made me move away from the table. At no time did I speak to the poll worker or obstruct them in any way. I heard them go through the stack and call out Joe Biden's name 500 times in a row. Same witness said this. On the following day, November 16th, I presented myself to Cobb County uh, Poll Precinct located 2245 Callaway Road, Southwest Marietta, Georgia. At first, I was uh, standing next to the panel, reviewers in room B, where I observed absentee ballots being reviewed with the same perfect bubble that I had seen the night before at DeKalb County. All of these ballots had the same two characteristics. They were all for Biden, and they had the same perfect black bubble. Now, a fifth witness said this. There were no creases in the mail-in ballots, giving the impression that they were never folded into an envelope and mailed. Most importantly, these ballots appeared to be pre-printed with the selections already made. The bubbles that one would select to choose their candidate appeared to have the exact same markings, no different color inks, no markings outside the bubble as if they were all done perfectly. Hundreds of ballots at a time were counted for Joe Biden. So there's some hanky-panky going on in Georgia. And President Trump tweeted this out last night. The Georgia recount is a joke and is being done under protest. Even though thousands of fraudulent votes have been found, the real number uh, is in matching signatures. And of course, in Georgia, they're not matching signatures. Governor Kemp must open up the uh, unconstitutional consent decree and call in the legislature. So uh, <laughs> Lynn Wood is on the case in Georgia. He uh, tweeted this last night. Last night, I filed an emergency motion for injunctive relief against the Georgia Secretary of State. Relief sought includes an order prohibiting certification, which includes defective absentee ballots and requiring that a hand recount be performed. Hopefully, uh, they'll get a fair ruling on this motion, and it'll include an audit and looking at signatures. Because I'm sure a lot of these ballots that these people were seeing in the recounts probably didn't have uh, legitimate signatures on them. All right. Uh, last night, Chris Krebs, the director of CISA, was fired by the president on Twitter. And recent statement by Chris Krebs on the security of the 2020 election is highly inaccurate in that there were massive improprieties and fraud, including dead people voting, poll watchers not allowed into polling locations, glitches in the voting machines, which change votes from Trump to Biden, late voting, and many more. Therefore, effective immediately, Chris Krebs has been terminated as Director of Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Now, Chris Krebs, <clears throat> we find, is he was the Director of CISA. And we've also found out that, uh, and this is thanks to uh, our friend uh, Jeff Carlson at The Markets Work. He did a thread the other night based on an article that he did. And we found out that Dominion Voting and a number of other companies that make uh, voting machine tabulating systems and, and electronic voting machines. They're actually um, members of this agency, this organization, that put out that bulletin saying that there was nothing wrong with the election, there were no votes switched, everything was fine. Yeah, they had uh, a lot of voting machine companies involved in drafting that letter. and. Krebs, it looks like, was involved with them. And to me, just you know, spitballing here, this looks like uh, a certain political party knew that if they could control CISA and they could control the narrative, they could uh, 
rig elections with impunity and not have to worry about it. And Krebs finally got outed and now he's gone. All right, this is from the election wizard. Uh, breaking, Sidney Powell says she has a video from a founder of Dominion in which he states he can change 1 million votes through his election software. Powell says she will release the video soon. <laughs> release the Kraken. Uh, there's a lot of uh, chicanery going on with Dominion. You can go online and see all, a lot of videos. Uh, a very good interview with this gentleman who looked into, um, I think he's the vice president of Dominion. He does a lot of their sales. And he's a guy that said uh, Trump wasn't going to win. I effing made sure of that. Um, this is all going to come out. It's, it's, it's out there on YouTube. It's out there on social media and Twitter. You can find it if you want. I don't want to spend too much time going through all that stuff. Um, if you're interested, just, you know, follow these accounts and you'll see the information popping up. Moving along, some of you uh, will be interested in hearing from Ezra Cohen-Watnick, uh, the new Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. If you've been following Q for any period of time, uh, Q has talked quite glowingly about Ezra Cohen-Watnick, uh, formerly with the Defense Intelligence Agency. He's actually a protege of General Flynn. And he is our new Undersecretary of Defense. And he has something to say about a change in special ops forces. Today, the Department of Defense has started the process of formalizing what we have long known, the fundamental role of U.S. special operations in defense and foreign policy by elevating special operations forces to a level on par with military departments as authorized and directed by Congress. As we enact these reforms, we follow the vision of President John F. Kennedy, who predicted the rise of special operations nearly 60 years ago. He foresaw, quote, another type of war, new in its intensity, ancient in its origin, that would require a whole new kind of strategy, a wholly different kind of force, forces which are too unconventional to be called conventional forces, which are growing in number and importance and significance. President Kennedy gave these remarks at the opening of the nuclear age, when the Pentagon was primarily organized to plan and direct large conventional operations against superpowers, not special operations short of overt declared conflict. The global demands for special operations forces then and now has confirmed President Kennedy's foresight. And now under the leadership of President Trump, we are fully real realizing President Kennedy's prescient view of special operations forces. It is fitting that we are again entering an era of great power competition as we gather to infer, affirm the importance of special, the special operations community. Then as now, I know special operations forces will play a vital role. And by the historic reforms we have enacted today, we will ensure special operations forces has a civilian advocate commensurate to the secretaries of the other military departments. I am honored to serve as your service secretary. Thank you very much. I find it interesting that Ezra Cohen-Watnick actually uh, 
referred extensively to John F. Kennedy and his view of special operations forces in that video. You can make of that what you want. I'm not going to make a lot of extra comment on that. Now, you saw that as Ezra was finishing, uh, Acting Secretary of Defense Chris Miller got up and he was going to make an address. So let's listen to what he had to say. I'm here today to announce that I have directed the Special Operations Civilian Leadership to report directly to me instead of through the current bureaucratic channels. All right, so what we're learning is that uh, Special Operations Forces are no longer going to be uh, reporting to the, the, the Department of Defense bureaucracy. They're going to be reporting directly to the Secretary of Defense. And I think that is a good move. There's obviously strategic reasons why they did that. I think that's a good move, a good sign. All right, uh, going back to Lynn Wood here, uh, a Twitter user made this reply to a post by Lynn Wood. Election day was November 7th in the year 2000. The Supreme Court issued its opinion in Bush versus Gore on December 12th, resolving the legal challenges. It took 36 days for the process to resolve one issue in one state. We are on day 12 with issues in at least five states. Buckle up. And Lynn Wood replied, bingo. There is time for patriots to take action in every state capital. Demand a fair election and truth. Fight back. There is plenty of time. And this is not one state. There are five or six states involved. And there are a lot of people, a lot of moving parts. Like I said, it's not just President Trump's legal team. There are many other people who are involved in the legal process. Lynn Wood posted this last night. We find ourselves at a point in our history where our future as a nation will be determined. Question is not whether you support Trump or Biden. The question is whether you support freedom or tyranny. Freedom is under attack. Make your choice, then pray and prepare. Fight back. And I think those are very good words for us to take heed to during this time. Uh, there's a lot of people who are nervous. A lot of people are stressed out. They want to know, is Trump going to win? Is Trump going to be in the Oval Office? We don't know. We don't know the future. We, I can't guarantee you uh, what's going to happen. If you're looking for a guaranteed outcome, I don't have one. I don't know that that outcome is, is guaranteed. I can tell you this. I, I, when I look at this um, strategically, I think President Trump is holding all the cards. He is. He, uh, he, he's going at this uh, election issue right now, primarily, at least in the public sphere, he's primarily dealing with legal challenges. So he's got his legal team, and they're taking these challenges to various states. They're trying to get uh, the recounts. They're trying to get signature verifications. They're trying to ferret through all of the testimony of people who have seen fraud and get them to bring forward their own complaints or work with the legal team to get those uh, to higher courts. They're going to be working with Supreme Court, working on Pennsylvania. Uh, they, only need, they only need three states. I think they're going to get Pennsylvania. They either need to get Wisconsin and Georgia or Wisconsin and Arizona or Nevada to other states. What they're trying to do is to block Joe Biden from getting 270. I think they have a decent chance of doing that. But even if they don't, the next thing that step in the process is the Electoral College has to meet. 
the Electoral College has a difficult decision because the states have to certify their elections and then the state legislatures have to give instruction to their electors who are going to vote in the Electoral College. Well, that is potentially fraught with problems. If the electors and the legislatures know that there's been fraud in their state, they may not be willing to uh, vote in the Electoral College the way that people think they're going to. So that is an uncertainty. But if the Electoral College is unable to arrive at uh, a clear, clean-cut vote on the president, the vice president, it goes to Congress. And um, Republicans control a vast majority of state legislatures. When you say it goes to Congress, it basically uh, each state legislature would send in one person and they would hold a vote in Congress. And it's one state, one vote and Republicans control at least 35 state legislatures. So all, the further the process goes, the more things uh, look to be in Trump's favor. And the ace in the hole is that the Justice Department has evidence of Joe Biden's corruption. The money laundering, the bribery, all the corruption that Joe Biden has been involved in, William Barr is sitting on all that evidence, and I don't think it's wise for them to pull that out immediately, and I don't think they will, but if everything else uh, fails, they always have that. So I'm not stressed out. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a fair amount of sleep. This election is far from over. We're only a couple of weeks out from the election. There's a long way to go. It doesn't pay to get stressed out and anxious over this. If this broadcast has blessed you, you might want to consider supporting me on Subscribestar. The link to my Subscribestar page is in the description box. The link to my book, Great Awakening, is also in the description box. And remember, uh, it is now primarily available on Barnes & Noble. Please keep me and Denise in prayer. Keep the president in prayer. Keep the military, his legal team, and the Secret Service in prayer. Love you all. Take care. I will catch you on the next broadcast.